About seven years into my career, I hit kind of a low point. I was working in a house in the old rec room and from the smell of the mildew, I don't think anybody had been in there for a long time. You know that old-fashioned kind of rec room with the naughty pine paneling, the makeshift bar, ping pong table. Well, I wasn't there to play ping pong or have a drink. I was there to ferret out anything of value I could find among the late owner's possessions, at which time I would appraise, price, and arrange with all the other things in the house to have an estate sale. Well, that day I noticed some board games on the very top shelf of a closet, and so I went to retrieve them, and I, I could just barely get the bottom of the back box, and I was just kind of coaxing it toward me when all of a sudden, the whole thing tipped, pouring something foul into my mouth and my hair. <laughs> Mouse droppings. <laughs> As I was spitting, brushing it out of my hair, I was kind of thinking, is this really the best use of that French degree I got? <laughs> but then, you know, I calmed down and I thought maybe we should use this as a teaching moment. So I decided that from now on, whenever I reached up over my head, I would keep my mouth shut. <laughs> I'm always amazed at how much wildlife you can find in the average home. In addition to mice, I've seen the bats, both alive and dead, rats, the one I remember the most was very dead and reeking to high heaven. A spider as big as my hand, the odd mummified squirrel, and snakes. While working in a basement in Beaverdale, poking around, I noticed there were these odd strips hanging here and there along the wall. So I went to uh, investigate further. They were snake skins. So, you know, I'm pretty smart. I figured there might be a live snake down there, too. <laughs> so I did what any sane person would do. I went and found one of those grabbers. Like when you reach for a can on a high shelf, I thought, when I find that snake, I'm going to grab him. I'm just going to carry him outside and release him into the wild. Well, I did find the snake. And I threw that grabber in his direction and ran screaming out of the basement. <laughs> So, you know, you have to wonder why, when you encounter this sort of thing, what would, what would make me opt to go into the business that my mother established and ran for many years on her own, and then I joined her and continued to run? It's just that I'm really drawn into this type of work. I, I'm curious. I love digging around in stuff. It's the thrill of the hunt, and you never know, behind that closet door could be an old master. You know, you just never do. But then I thought, you know, this kind of harkens back to a career choice I thought I was going to make at one time. When I was a freshman at the University of Iowa, we were asked to declare a major, and I declared mine in archaeology. So then it occurred to me, as I was thinking about it, well, I've actually kind of fulfilled that career dream. 
you know, an archaeologist digs around in dark places and finds artifacts and, you know, figures out societies. And I actually had now become an urban archaeologist. <laughs> Except I didn't just deal with the stuff of the dead. I often work with people who are very much alive. And many times I've found myself trying to comfort them when they were grieving. I have had some pretty interesting mediations among family members over stuff. And then my favorite part is listening to these people tell me how they found their treasures and acquired these things as they processed the idea of letting them go. Well, you also in my work have to expect the unexpected. I had never seen a handgun up close and personal until one day I was pulling a bunch of towels out of a linen cupboard and I heard this big thud at my feet and I looked down and there was a loaded 38 revolver safety off. So it seemed like that kind of set off a, a series of, in, over the next several years, in houses, guns in underwear drawers, guns in bedside table, guns in the china hutch, and my most recent and personal favorite, I was opening one of those little timbre doors on a kitchen counter where you'd expect to find the blender. So I popped it open and there's the long-barreled 22 revolver, fully loaded, safety off. So the next very unexpected thing that I, I'll never forget it, we were called by some trust officers to come. They just wanted us to go through the house. They didn't want us to have a sale there. And then, oh, and by the way, this house used to be, uh, the late owner used to share this house with about 20 feral cats who were allowed to come and go through the living room window. Well, okay, so we were just supposed to go in and see if there was anything valuable in the house and get right out. We came with our gloves and our masks. We opened the door. The first thing that hit us, the smell. It was just unbelievable. And then the stunning squalor of rotting cat food in tins, feces piled high, and the furniture no longer had any fabric on it. It was just the frame and the springs. Well, we hurried through pretty quickly, and there wasn't much to see. But as we were about to leave, I decided I should probably peek in the kitchen. So I looked around the corner, and there it was. The stove was wearing a fur coat. There wasn't a square inch of metal showing. It was just covered in matted cat hair. And then sometimes, among the Waterford and the Wedgwood, we find something just a little bit uh, scandalous. Homemade porn. <laughs> While working in another house, I came across this metal box. It was locked. Nothing gets me going like a locked box. <laughs> So I knew where a lot of keys were in the house, so I went and I rifled through the keys and a key tag caught my eye. It had three X's on it. <laughs> Triple X key tag. <laughs> so I took it up and sure enough, it opened the box and inside were videos. So of course I took one in and stuck it in the VCR. And 
I hit play, and the picture popped up, and here's the baby in his high chair, and they're bringing him the cupcake with one candle, and everybody's singing happy birthday, and then all of a sudden, the picture went away. And then when it popped back on, we had gone from birthday party to birthday suits. (laughs) Here was the former lady of the house, outside, in a broad-brimmed hat and a belt, nothing else. (laughs) Still not sure what that belt was for. (laughs) Pretty soon, the camera angle moves, And here's the late gentleman of the house, broad-brimmed hat, no belt. (laughs) So then the action is moving in an area that I decided I'd seen enough. And so I turned it off, and I'm not judging. I'm no prude. All I could think was that they filmed a porno over the baby's birthday party. (laughs) Now, there can be things that are troubling sometimes. Um, Hoarding, as you know, has become the stuff of reality TV, newspaper articles, and it has become a factor in the, the job that I do. We have worked in several homes that were hoarded homes, and I can tell you there's nothing really sadder than entering the hoarded home of someone who's passed away. In one of those houses, as we were going through, I went to go into a bedroom, and when I pushed on the door, it would not budge, stuck. So I got it open just enough to just see there was stuff there. So I just started pulling it out, pulling it out, and finally, I was able to push the door open just far enough to squeeze through. And when I did, I was just up against a wall of stuff. I couldn't see across to the other wall. I became very claustrophobic and a little bit frightened because I realized I had just destabilized this huge pile and maybe it was going to shift and bury me. And, you know, I just thought how awful it must be to be someone who can't throw anything away to the point that their surroundings become just... They, they own them, you know. They don't own their possessions anymore. The possessions own them. And they also have become very isolated and many times prisoners in their own home. The most disturbing thing and the most troubling thing we ever ran into in all the time we were doing sales was when we were working at the home of a couple that had passed away. And as we were going through papers we found letters that had been written decades before by this desperate woman to a mental health professional chronicling the sexual abuse of her son by his father. And as we went through the house and discovered more, we realized that the father had also been the victim of abuse and it may have gone back three generations. Well, she was writing to this mental health professional because she was desperate. She thought that her husband's behavior was because he was a homosexual. And she was unaware 
that, I mean, she conflated pedophilia and incest with homosexuality. But being confronted with all this, it had a deep effect on me. All of a sudden, I, you know, my, I just, I was confused, first of all. I didn't know what to do with the letters. It was too late to do anything about what had happened. But all of a sudden, I realized this had really gotten under my skin and become part of my life. I didn't leave it when I left to go home. These people now were entwined with me forever. And I looked at my job differently after that. And I can tell you every time I drive by that tidy little house on that sunny suburban street, all I remember is the darkness that went on behind those closed doors. So, you know, I love my job. I hope to do it for a very long time. But sometimes I have to think about, you know, our possessions, all these things we spend so much time gathering together. And you know, a lot of times we don't realize how much these possessions can sometimes become a burden or a bone of contention to the people we leave behind. And you know, I look at each new job and all those possessions as an unfolding story. And uh, you know, so when parents um, at, tell me, and I hear this a lot these days especially, my kids don't want any of my stuff. And it's like, well, you know, as kindly as I can, I say, you know, that was your story. These kids are gonna have their own story. But, you know, I kind of want to leave you with a little suggestion tonight. Um, someday, whether you're still with us or have passed on, someone like me may be coming to your home to do your sale. <laughs> so, if you have something in your house <laughs> that you would not want me to see, Perhaps tonight is a good time to go home and take care of that. <laughs> because I can assure you, no one wants to see grandma and grandpa in a porno. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>